Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Before we start this week's podcast, a big thank you to ELM Legal Services, who are based in Bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. You can get a standard single will for £99. If you'd like to get in touch, call them 0800 019 4557. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. We are behind the scenes in Ashton Gate right now. Uh, I'm just about to go on Sky Sports duty, reporting on the pre-season match as Bristol City take on Bournemouth and Gregor is typing away furiously in the background as he's multitasking. Who knew that Gregor McGregor can multitask so well uh, as we are looking ahead to this game and we'll be bringing you our thoughts on it after as well. But before we get into tonight's pre-season friendly, uh, the final pre-season friendly for Bristol City, Gregor, uh, let's begin with talking about Joe Bryan and why tonight's important for him because Bournemouth have bought in a player this week that effectively will end their interest in Joe Bryan, haven't they? They've signed this guy, Diego Rico, um, from Leganes. I'm saying that right, yeah. uh, in La Liga. He's a Spanish fullback, so that means probably a move for Joe Bryan is, is off now to, to Bournemouth. Yeah, I think so. Um, basically, with Joe, obviously, there's a lot of speculation at the moment. Um, and we've had a couple of reports on our site about how um, obviously Newcastle is the one that emerged last weekend, yeah. and we've added to that. We've we know that Wolves are um, are taking an interest. Although the thing with the Wolves' interest is they, they we, well, we've been told that they've got other targets ahead of Joe. And I think unfortunately this is the situation with a few clubs yeah. as we found out this summer. Um, and with Wolves, I know what we've been told is um, that they really like uh, Zinchenko from. Manchester City. They also brought in Johnny from Atletico Madrid in the last couple of days, who is a left-back as well. However, they might be losing Barry Douglas. He's supposed to be moving, isn't he, to Leeds. That's mm-hmm. very close yeah, to going yeah, through. So it might be that they yeah, they bring in one of either Zinchenko, or if that doesn't um, go through, then yeah, we understand that at that point they'll be interested in Joe Bryan. Newcastle, I can confirm yeah, from our sources, we, we know that they are genuinely interested as well. Um, sources up in Newcastle were saying yesterday, however, that basically um, the Magpies don't want to pay £6 million for Joe Bryan. But I think that's so. a great price for him. You know, what, 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 I know he hasn't got long left on his, his contract, perhaps, but, you know, six million for a player of his calibre and what he could become at 24 years old seems seems a really good deal. So maybe that will depend on Newcastle and the other business they do. But Rafa Benitez hasn't really been happy with their activity so far, has he? So perhaps he could push this one through? They do, yeah, they do seem to be spending some money at the moment, don't they? They just agreed that deal for the guy from the Japanese striker from the Bundesliga from Mainz I believe he's coming mm. in from and then they um, tied up a deal for Fabian Schaar as well the Swiss defender they've suddenly started doing a bit of business yeah. it hasn't been until now and Benitez was no. saying before that he wanted to do something absolutely and you can you can, you can bet your bottom dollar can't you that Mitrovic is, that deal is going to go through he's going to go to Fulham they're haggling over the price as clubs do and, um, that, and so. but that price could have an impact yeah. on, on Joe Bryan going there or not but this RB Leipzig stuff that's nonsense surely he's not going there is he? Well, what I know is that, yeah, there are some foreign clubs who are taking an interest. What, is that one of them? Uh, I, I don't know of specific clubs. All I know is European clubs, is what I was told, uh, interested in Joe. However, that was more, from my understanding, in terms of signing a pre-contract agreement in January. Okay. So, I mean, do you see that happening, Joe Bryan? You know, I think Newcastle is very different to going to Europe, isn't it? Newcastle is a short flight away from Bristol where his family is based and things like that. But to move to Europe, it's a big, big move. And if he wants to play in the Premier League, why would he go to Europe? 
Although you say that, there's quite a few. Um, there's a few youngsters out in yeah, Europe at the moment. Yeah, no, 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 probably, no. To be fair to Joe, probably a bit younger and, and less established than Joe, who are moving there. And so say, why would he go to Europe? At the age he is, do you, do you know what I'm saying? The players that are out there at the moment are sort of. I, I have to say, I think it would be a terrific move if you went really? to RB Leipzig. They they're in the they were in the Champions League last year. Did they? Yeah, and they're in the Bundesliga. I don't yeah. know if they've qualified again. Um, I'm just trying to think if they did. I think they did because that's. So he could play in Champions cases. League football yeah, if exactly. he went there. If, if they did make Champions League, they're definitely in the Europa League. I'm pretty sure it's the Champions League. Um, and but, yeah. it, but you know, for compete for, for the Bundesliga, basically. Yeah, that, yeah, but is the Premier League not more of a lure for someone like? It Joe is, Brown? but it'll depend on what offers. What else? Up, yeah, it? So, it does seem very much that his move will be dependent on what happens with the players. Still, doesn't it? I I think that's the the case. It's going to go to the wire. I think, okay. Well. Okay. Uh, let's talk about. A new signing for Bristol City this week. Oh, I just want to add one last thing to the Joe Bryan thing. I'm foreseeing Michelle stood outside Ashton Gate. <laughs> on, on deadline day. On deadline day, yeah, <laughs> Waiting to see where Joe is. Has he gone yet? Where's he going? <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's move on to talk about a new signing for Bristol City this week. Mohamed Isa. Uh, although Jeff Stenning on Soccer Saturday calls him Mohamed Isa. And he makes all these jokes about him being a good investment and things like this. Because obviously he was banging in the goals for Cheltenham last Brilliant. season, so he's coming up on the ticker all the time. I'm going to have to break it to him this season if, if Mohamed Iza starts doing stuff for Bristol City, that that's not how you say his name. Uh, around £2.25 million, we think, don't we? 1.5 1. million, I think. 1.5. I read 2.25 online, so you're okay. saying 1.5? Yeah, from our sources, 1.5. And that comes from um, our colleagues in uh, Cheltenham uh, and, and working on Gloucester Live. So. Yep. Um, that's what they believe, but yeah, we'll we'll see. This guy's jumped six leagues in just over a year. He was playing non-league um, a couple of years ago, then went to Cheltenham Town last season. Was he? He started there last season. He scored those twenty-three goals. Very impressive season. Now he makes another two-league jump. Is it too soon, or is he good enough? Is he the real real deal? I'm not going to profess to seeing loads of him, although I have seen him play a couple of times because I saw him play in the Johnson Cup the other week and I also saw him play against Bristol City. I'm pretty sure he played in the, in the same game last summer. Um, and I, I did keep an eye on him in both games, particularly this last one, because obviously he's got a bit of a reputation. Um, but I do speak to, again, my colleagues who have been watching him um, and, in fact, I... Uh, John Palmer, who we've spoken to before on this podcast and has given us information about some of the starlets on loan at, um, from Bristol City. Well, I was speaking to John the other day and he was saying that he's seen every single game that Mo has played for Chelsea and he really does rate him very highly. He thinks he'll um, eventually end up playing in the Premier League. That's, that's wow. how he rates him. So. so he could be another Jamie Vardy coming through the leagues? Possibly, possibly. And yeah, it's interesting that you've got another player like this who was obviously rejected at several clubs. I think, um, where was he rejected from? Uh, I can't remember offhand, but several. He, he was playing non-league football as well, wasn't he? And he had to yeah. move down to get more football. Absolutely, and I just think that's a terrific attitude. He just wants to play football for whoever. Um, get noticed. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and that's what's happened here. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, as you say, it could be a good little investment this for Bristol City. I do wonder if they looked um, at someone like Ollie Watkins last summer, who they didn't go for mm, in the end, who went to Brentford and is now being talked about in the fifteen million pounds bracket mm. and, a, and a move to the Premier League. Mm. And they look at Mo as someone being someone like that who, who could maybe have the same effect. Do you think he could make his debut tonight, his non-competitive debut against Bournemouth? Um, Expect so, wouldn't you? Not too sure. I'm, the one, one, well, <laughs> we'll find out very shortly, but one thing I would throw into that is that um, I heard yesterday that Salernitana, the Italian side who've been buzzing around Milan-Juric, are going oh, yeah. to raise their offer 
for um, Milan Juric. So I do wonder if maybe Isla has come in a, a little bit. It's possibly either Juric's replacement or whether um, they just wanted to bolster their number of attackers and maybe they're going to look for an, a Juric replacement before the end of the window, if Juric goes. But they missed out on Jack Marriott, who went to Derby. Mm. He spoke of his admiration for Frank Lampard on that being a big part of why he signed there. But the, the fee of around five to six million pounds was within Bristol City's budget, wasn't it? So is it one that got away, do you think? Yes and no. Um, spoke to Lee Johnson about this last week, didn't we? And we had him on the podcast explaining that uh, Jack was a bit of a punt. Uh, found it quite funny actually looking at Darren McAntony's tweets during the week uh, where he, he said that he definitely wasn't a punt. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Um, yeah, I mean, what we got told yesterday by a really good source um, at Bristol City is that basically Jack Marriott wanted to stay around the East Midlands and basically I th- I th- yeah. my understanding is it was made clear to Bristol City very early on that he would only consider clubs such as Derby and Forest because he wouldn't have to move his family and everybody else um, too far away and it fitted in with his life so I don't think because of that a move to the southwest was unfortunately ever really on the cards yeah. and I think that was a huge factor and there's a lot of players that have gone out on loan this summer but I mean Bristol City's squad numbers seem healthy but yeah there's there's quite a lot when you look at the list isn't there Gregor yeah I mean the club's officially announced what was it seven or nine 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 players uh, today who are now out on loan. Uh, Brian Tinian's done another terrific job finding these guys' teams. Um, pick out a couple, maybe Freddie Hines, who's who's actually gone down a level. He's gone down from Cheltenham mm. to... He's going to be at Wrexham, and they're in the National League at the moment. This is a so. funny one, isn't it? Because we saw Freddie Hines score that amazing League Cup goal mm. uh, last August against Plymouth Argyle. So what's going on with his development, just briefly? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to some sources around the club about this and they've said that basically they just feel it's good for his development um, that he can establish himself, play well at this level. They're going to review it in January and then it could be that he maybe finds another team for the second half of the season, maybe at a higher level um, and, yeah, basically builds his way up like some of the other guys are doing, like uh, obviously Zach Viner, who's out at Rotherham at the moment. Um, And, yeah... The, some of the other guys they've mentioned tonight are Harvey Smith, who's gone to Hereford. We knew mm-hmm. about that one. Um, uh, George Nurse, I think he's gone to Western Supermare. And um, one of the guys who hasn't been mentioned but I did want to talk about briefly was Sean Mikulski. Yes, who I was think, at Newport last season. Yes, and I think we might have mentioned on a week or two ago that... We had um, a really good story that he's going to Doncaster Rovers. Yeah, it would be a good move for him because it's a club in League One. Um, if, we, if they can get that sorted out, that would be a terrific move up the leagues again for him because he'll have gone from, what, yeah, um, Newport, League 2, up to League 1, maybe Championship next season. However, just to bring you up to date on that story, after we, we revealed that that move was in the offing, Grant McCann, who's the manager of Doncaster, said the other week, he confirmed that Doncaster are in for Sean Mikulski, but there are still a few doubts about Sean's fitness. Oh, right. Yeah, and this goes back to um, him finishing the loan short at Newport if you remember I think um, he has um, he, he complained at the time about some uh, pains in his chest mm. um, but from my understanding and I've spoken to a few sources again around Sean my understanding is that he is um, fully fit he's ready to go however as I said in the original story he wouldn't be moving until the end of the month 
Um, so I think there's still a chance he'll go to Doncaster Rovers. The alternative is, and we've been told by another source, is that he might be another guy who goes to Cheltenham. So uh, that relationship just continues. To exactly. Yeah. We'll, fruit, fruitful. We'll see. We'll see. I personally hope that he goes to Doncaster Rovers because. Um, obviously, it'd be great for him to move up the leagues, and he did well at Newport. So, um, yeah, if he could get a League One loan, that'd be fantastic. Let's talk uh, about the goalkeeper situation. Frank Fielding will now most, almost certainly be staying because he's injured, so he couldn't go in for Fulham Medical somewhere if there was interest. So, what's going to happen? Are they going to bring a keeper in? Is the keeper that's been on trial going to sign? What do you think? Well, we might. I, I expect we're going to find out very some bits very shortly, so we might have to update this this podcast when we speak to Lee, hopefully after the match and stuff. But yeah, from what I know, um, Nicky Mainpar was really impressive out in Marbella. Lee seemed to suggest that they were going to discuss a deal. I would expect that to maybe go through. We might find out in the team selection tonight. There's been a few whispers today. People have saying to, been saying to me that Bristol City are looking to bring a player in on loan. Uh, one, one other source has suggested that. That would kind of make sense. Um, in terms of the US goalkeeper, because I think everybody's had a look at this guy and thinks, yeah, he'd be a great signing. He would be. But I don't think that deal is going to go through. And I would suggest maybe, and this is this is for Zach Stefan, the uh, Columbus crew goalkeeper, um, who they had a bid rejected for last week. Um, basically, when the MLS, well, when his club rejected it, they kind of indicated that timing was an issue. So I wouldn't be surprised if they wait until January to try and bring Zach Stefan in. Um, and that would kind of... Be, well, basically they could solve the situation then by bringing in a player on loan. So uh, basically I think it's a case of watch this space and we'll try and get an update later on this. OK, away from transfers and you're going to be speaking to hopefully Lee Johnson after the game. Uh, let's talk about the fact there's no longer a Bristol City programme. Quite sad about this. Well Read was one of the best programmes in the Football League, it's fair to say. Always full of content. Yes, there's loads of adverts, but that's what, what pays for these things. Now, uh, you get sort of a pamphlet, which is in my hand right now, and you get an app and you have to download the programme, which is what's happening. What's your thoughts on this, Gregor? Yes, it's, it's a bit different, obviously. It's sort of like a wall chart kind of thing, isn't it? Well, I, don't, I, would, I don't know if you get this wall shot every time, because in my hand here is uh, it's still called Well Red, and you get your team sheet on the back, although there's no numbers because it's pre-season. And there's a few sort of articles in this sort of pamphlet, isn't it? And then it folds out into a big wall shot. So I don't know if they're doing this every, uh, every game. I mean, it's a pound if you're buying it tonight, but it's got episode two on it as well, which would make you think that, okay, maybe they're going to do it every game. Um, but I'm sort of sad about this. Not to have that big, that big sort of nice, shiny programme in front of you. And also, looking at the names uh, for Bournemouth tonight, we'll be reflecting on the game after, won't we? But uh, Jermaine Defoe and those sort of players tonight coming to Ashton Gate, it's a, it's a good test for this Bristol City side, isn't it, to see where they are in their final pre-season friendly. Absolutely, and they looked really good against um, Real Vallecano last weekend, and hopefully they can carry that going. I mean, I'm expecting in terms of team... Um, sort of something similar to we saw last Saturday, but um, yeah, just sorry, just one last point on the on the programming yeah. flappy um, sort of <laughs> flappy. post post uh, whatever it is. Um, they had the same thing for the um, Shrewsbury visit. So yeah, because it says episode two on it, so I reckon uh, they're going to do it e each week. Each week, yeah. yeah. Um, and 
just talking about matters away from the pitch, this is first time I've been back to Ashton Gate since there's been a number of changes here this summer. We now know that Ken, the legend that looks after us in the press room, is not going to be here this season, which we're both gutted about. Um, obviously, Adam Baker, the media officer, has left. He's been replaced by a guy called Dave Barton, who actually isn't going to be here for much of the, the start of the season. I think he's away this week fulfilling some of his, his role that he's had with the Lions. Um, for the last few years so he'll be back on Friday for the first game of the season and then he's away for a bit so I know Ed and James have been picking up a lot of the slack and, and working hard but uh, new media officer new faces do you think it's going to make a big difference to Bristol City? Um, it, it's, it's a difficult one isn't it in some respects um, I, feel, I feel that these kind of moves have divided fans a little bit from those who sort of know what, what's happened or would recognise these guys it's, it's terrible that basically we're not going to have Ken who's been here for like more than what 25 years yeah so, I think even um, longer than that yeah doing doing um, a various role or what, whatsoever yeah doing various roles around the club and to lose someone of that Ilkins, who's obviously ingrained with the mm. Bristol City Club and uh, likewise with Adam Baker he's been around for 17 seasons or, or so Um and yeah, I, I, it, it's it's probably well, it's disconcerting to see these kind of people being lost from the club. Um, I, I don't know if there's an argument to say that basically this is evolution and they want to bring in um, specialists um, in these fields. But basically, I, I feel like they're losing a bit of the heart of the club in some respects. And after yeah. 17 years, you're a specialist. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Um, well, we'll have to wait and see because it's my first trip back here. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be here for the opening game of the season, but you'll be Gregor. And we'll talk more about that um, next week, of course, as we look ahead to Nottingham Forest here at Ashton Gate next Saturday. So we're going to watch the game now. Uh, we're going to sort out the team news. And, Gregor, I'll catch up with you after. And you'll be chatting to Lee Johnson. And maybe you could try and grab some players too. Yep, and hopefully maybe even a bit of Eddie Howe. Fingers crossed. So holding Premier League opposition to a draw tonight, Gregor, what did you make of the Robins' performance? Kind of carried on where City left off against Rayo Vallecano in some ways. Obviously, a couple of changes for Lee tonight. Corey Smith on the bench. He wanted to have a look at Josh Brownhill and after the game actually said he had four really good players, really good options for those two central midfield spots and he's including Liam Walsh in that. Um, and there's a real battle for shirts and that was another thing Lee mentioned tonight and he really has. I mean, Pisano I thought was excellent when he came on but I thought Jack Hunt was really outstanding. We saw Nicholas Eliasson, I'm sure you thought uh, as well, he, he was really great tonight. I thought Wyman was, was sort of rock steady as well. He scored the goal, didn't he? And um, he had a few chances, maybe on another day could have easily got a, a hat-trick. And he, he was really sort of buzzing around the pitch in sort of Bobby Reed style, wasn't he? Worked so hard, never stopped running. I'm sure Lee would have loved to see that. Um, and promising signs. And yeah, thought pretty much, a, well, most of the City team had a, a really good night. And um, it bodes well for the season. I mean, I've, I've watched them now across every pre-game and the key things for me, just, just to round it up sort of briefly, is I think this team is going to play some really good football. I, I'm looking forward to the season. I think I'm going to enjoy watching this team, uh, especially the way they play out from the back. That was brilliant, the way Max O'Leary kept the ball at times. That Cruyff turn in the corner by Marlon Pack and the way Adam Webster used the outside, outside of his foot to sort of curl that pass down the wing to Eliasson. Um, it's, it's, this team is going to be a joy to watch. Going to play some really good football. They're going to create loads of chances too. I think they'll score goals. My concerns would be, are they going to score enough goals? That's one. And are they going to be able to limit teams to 
um, few chances. They're going to have to keep the ball well probably and play smart football to do that. And are they going to keep out the opposition at set pieces enough? Flinty, so, such a big miss in the air. Can they, can they get basically into other players' faces enough and stop them scoring um, from yeah, corners and throws and stuff? We'll see. We know you've just been chatting to Eddie Howe. Uh, let's hear how you got on in the press conference with him. Eddie, what, what do you make of Bristol City? Um, I think you might have a few links in terms of, uh, didn't you clean Sean O'Driscoll's boots when he was manager here? I think Brett Pittman played a big role for you at Bournemouth, Bournemouth and obviously he played a pretty big role here at times as well. Yeah, a few links, I think, historically. Uh, obviously, Sean was manager here. Yeah, I cleaned his boots when I was a young uh, trainee at Bournemouth. Um, Brett of course came here did really well scored against us when I was managing Burnley here um, of course we signed him back and he was unbelievable for us in his second spell at the club so I've always been uh, I've always enjoyed these challenges playing Bristol City coming here is never easy and that was proved again today and uh, Lee and his team proved that last year with how well they did in the cut runs how well they did in the league especially early in the season so I think they do really well again I think it looks like they've got a really t- tight knit grip group um, some talented players so and a, and a really talented young manager so it looks like they do well yeah, I was going to ask you what do you make of league because there aren't too many English coaches in the football leagues and obviously you guys are both both very highly rated and both up well he's got a very strong identity you can see that from his, his team um, and he's galvanised the group and the town and you can see the supporters are really with the, t- the team that's really important um, so I think he's got a really bright future in, in management I think he can go right to the top so those are the thoughts of Bournemouth manager Eddie Howe talking to Gregor. He also spoke to Lee Johnson after the game and asked him about Joe Bryan, who picked up that injury and limped off, and the goalkeeping situation too. Does um, Lee, does Joe have a bad knock? He's like a little bit precautionary, to be honest. He did roll his ankle, but it's one of them that if it doesn't swell up probably in the next uh, 24 hours, then we'll be all right uh, Listen, we made the decision quickly on the microphone just to, it wasn't worth the risk of swelling it up when we didn't need to. And Matty, did he pick up a knock? Is that no, mate, it was fine. Obviously, Matty, I, I needed to get a few minutes into him at least. He'd had the knock from the previous game and um, he hadn't done much training see, since then, so it was always a plan just to give Matty 45 minutes. And, and Mo, what did you make of him? He looked pretty lively, didn't he? He had the, almost scored with his yeah. first chance. Didn't he? I think he's bright, isn't he? And he gives us something like slightly different. He's eccentric, he's electric, and uh, he looks to get an early shot off. Uh, you see, somebody that scored 50, 60 goals in two seasons um, has got an eye for goal. And the fact that he took a shot through somebody just goes to show the lad's confidence at the moment. And, of course, uh, it's our job to, to maintain that confidence. And it's his job. To, to work hard to understand what we're after tactically and uh, impress everybody like he did tonight Is he a player for now or did you buy him sort of with an eye on the future tonight? It's up to him of course he's one he's one for the future but why not be one for now do you know what I mean he's jumped up six leagues I think in two years so uh, he's buzzing you know what I mean come and play Ashton Gate on a pitch like that against Premier League opposition with excellent players around you like dominating the ball um, why wouldn't he not be buzzing? I think the thing for me is just to make sure that that we we don't get too carried away and uh, we we lend him a hand, really, understanding the tactical detail and our pressing systems because it's quite complex. It's not simple and it takes a little bit of time to uh, to get used to. Finally, just on the goalkeepers, would you consider a loan maybe coming in? Alone? I think we have to consider everything in the current state. I just explained, if you like the. 
the state of play, but I thought Max did himself no harm today. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like uh, he looked nervous or he looked like he couldn't cope with the occasion. Um, I thought he coped really well and uh, he's, he's a player that we really fancy in our academy system. Yes, ideally we'd like to see him play League 2, League 1 before he played in the Championship, but sometimes opportunity comes and you just have to take it. So we heard Lee Johnson talk about the goalkeeper situation there. Gregor, what more can you sort of tell us about that then? Basically, yeah, just just to add into this, that it's my understanding that Max O'Leary and Lee has confirmed that he's not going to go out on loan now, but it's my understanding that they had the club had a, a loan lined up with Macclesfield, I'm told. Um, and Max was going to go on loan to Macclesfield and they were going to bring two goalkeepers in. I think there's still a slight chance of that happening. I know Lee's ruled it out, but... If they were to sign Nicky Mainpar, which um, isn't um, blown out of the water just yet because he w- he picked up a knock, as Lee said there, so there could still be something that happens there. And I'm, well, we know that Bristol City will bring in another goalkeeper as well, um, possibly a loan, as Lee has admitted there, possibly, pu- possibly a permanent signing if they can get the right man. Um, otherwise, yeah, they're going to be holding on. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the last week. And finally, just on the loans, I understand there's going to be up to another four players going out on loan. That was from um, some sources tonight that, uh, that I've spoken to. And, um, yeah, nine players out on loan today, possibly another four, depending on what, what happens. So, yeah, we'll watch that space. Okay, thanks, Gregor. Well, we'll be back next week, towards the end of next week, looking ahead to the first fixture of Bristol City's season, which will be Nottingham Forest at home. And we'll bring you the latest in the transfer situation with a few players then as well. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services, based in Bristol, who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. Robins on the Wire.